Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. We are in this series called Financially Free. Somebody say Financially Free. Oh, and I think this is going to be a powerful and practical installment. We kicked this off last week, and we, we talked about being free from the grip of greed. Remember, we said, do not pass go. Do not collect 200 I wanted to give you $200 last week. That was, that was in my heart, um, but the budget didn't allow it. We'll talk a little bit more about that in just a minute. The title of the message today, again, using the Monopoly theme, is simply this, from bankrupt to boardwalk. Come on, somebody say, my, my, my. From bankrupt to boardwalk. Now, if you remember the game of Monopoly, how many of you played that back in the day? I don't know if they still do that anymore. It seems to be so slow and tedious now with technology. I don't know if our kids, our kids don't really have the patience for Monopoly like we did when we didn't have anything else to do. Remember that? But the, the two most important squares on the board of Monopoly are what? Boardwalk and Park Place, right? If you could acquire Boardwalk and Park Place, you in business. Now, they're important squares, but they're expensive squares. It's going to cost you a little something to make that investment up front. I think it's probably the best investment in the game. That day, 20, 26 years ago, 26 years ago, babe, remember when we got in that fight on our honeymoon and I owned Boardwalk and Park Place and that just put you in a bad mood, didn't it? Today, I want to talk to you about biblical strategies and it's going to take a little investment up front. I think there may be some difficult parts of this message today, but I think they'll be practical and helpful as you consider your financial future. We're going to look at some biblical strategies when it comes to your finances. Now, I looked up some stats. I want you to consider this. Let me depress you first. Are you ready? The average American debt per U.S. adult is $58,604. Average debt per adult, okay? So if you're married, double that. That's the average debt. The average American household mortgage is $189,000. 77% of American households have at least some sort of of debt. Check this out. Half of all families in America live paycheck to paycheck. Here's what I thought was interesting. Only one in three Americans have a written budget. That means two-thirds of us are just winging it. You know, they say the three, okay, married couples, married couples, they say the three most common arguments that a married couple faces are what? Sex, money, and communication, right? Guys want more sex, girls want more money, and nobody wants to talk about it. (laughs) Babe, is that okay? I asked for permission if I could share that. (laughs) She didn't give me permission, but she said, follow the Holy Ghost. (laughs) Let's jump into scriptures. We need to get in the Word. Get in the Word. The Bible has a lot to say, a lot of practical, helpful advice. Now, let me give you this disclaimer, all right? I am not a financial advisor. I'm not. I'm a pastor. 
who's never been to Bible college and has a degree in computer science. Is anybody scared right now? <laughs> You're like, what's he doing on stage? He didn't even qualify to do what he's doing. Uh, let's let the word do the talking for us. If you're taking notes, because we believe that history makers are note takers. I want to give you four simple thoughts. I want to back each thought with the word of God. Number one, pray before you pay. Pray before you pay. Now, I'm not talking about your car note or your utility bill. Because I don't want you leaving here today saying, well, you know, you're looking at that bill and you say, you know, Pastor Mike told me to pray before I pay. And the Lord hadn't said anything to me about this utility bill, so I'm going to leave it right here. <laughs> They're going to shut your lights out, okay? I'm not talking about your bills. You better take responsibility for your bills. But sometimes we spend unnecessarily and we create bills for ourselves that we don't need. Oh, acquiring things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't even like. Come on, somebody. Mm. John 14, verse 16. We're going to have fun with this today. Oh, we're going to have fun. John 14, 16, Jesus says, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into what? All truth. The world can't receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Can I tell you something about spending? It's not just logistical, but it's spiritual. What if I told you that there is a financial advisor out there who has the most skill, the most knowledge, and the most experience ever? He understands the markets. He knows about all kinds of different funds and tax shelters. This financial advisor knows when emergencies are coming. He can tell you what to buy and what to stay away from. And he's free of charge. Would anybody be interested in that financial advisor? You see, I think that the Holy Spirit is the best financial advisor ever. And you don't have to be an expert to lean in and listen to the voice of the Holy Ghost. You say, Mike, why are you being so spiritual? We're just talking about money. Money is a spiritual thing. You know, you build bad spending habits when you don't include God in your money. Now, here's the thing I thought about. I'm going to step into something right now. Are you with me? We know we need God in our relationships. Okay, can you imagine dating and not listening to the Holy Ghost in today's world? <laughs> oh, me. You talk about creating a mess. We know we need the help of the Holy Ghost in relationships. When it comes to our children, how many moms and dads, parents, you need the Holy Ghost to help you with those children's? Oh, sweet Jesus. Yes, we do. Man, I think sometimes God gives us kids to teach us how to pray. <laughs> you know you need the Holy Spirit when it comes to your job and decisions that you're making at work. And, you know, you're praying about your future and praying about a promotion and praying about decisions and maybe where to go to school. Man, we need God in every area of our lives. But why is it that when it comes to money, we say, you know what? I got this. Here's the truth. 
The closer God is to something, the more ordered and organized it becomes. The farther away God is from something, the more chaotic and confusing it becomes. How many of you know we need God when it comes to our spending? Man, when God is in the middle of it, your life is blessed. But when you keep God on the periphery, your life is a mess. Come on, you saw what I did there. Pray before you pay. Invite God in because when God's in the middle of it, he brings some order out of chaos. Some of us have made some bad decisions, and we need God to get back in the middle of our money. On our money, it says, in God we trust. It's got to be more than just printed on that dollar bill. It's got to be imprinted in our hearts. Lord, I got to listen to you when it comes to my finances and spending. Look at what James 1.5 says. The Bible implores us, if you need wisdom, Ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. How many of you need wisdom when it comes to finances? You know what? The good news is this. If you need it, you can ask for it. And if you ask for it, God's gracious to give it to you. So you don't have to make ill-advised, uninformed decisions on your spending. Can I have a better amen? You see, God, we don't just include God to fix our messes. We include God to prevent our messes. You see, if you don't prepare, then you'll have to repair. Invite God in. Don't just live according to your own understanding. You say, when you understand as a believer that we are stewards, everything comes to us as a gift from God. It belongs to God, and he uses these things in our life to, to enable us to steward them well. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But, but often, why is it that we don't invite God in on the financial equation? When it comes to making purchases and financial decisions, why don't we include him more? Maybe we're afraid of what we're going to hear. Maybe we don't ask him because we know he's going to say, and we'd rather ask for forgiveness, come on, than ask for permission. Now, let me tell you something about this loving God of ours. God will say yes to bless you but he'll also say no to protect you. When you get a no from God, it's not because he's trying to punish you. He's trying to protect you. Some of you, God has closed doors, and you've been trying to kick those doors down, and God's saying, I love you too much to let you walk through that door. So when you get a yes from God, Embrace it as a blessing. When you get a no from God, say, Lord, thank you for your protection. Does that make sense? I remember years ago when the kids were small. In fact, I don't even think uh, our, our, our other two children were born yet. Alexa was maybe five years old, six years old. She came to me one day. She said, Daddy, I'm hungry. Can I have some chips? And I said, well, sure. I walked into the pantry. I looked for some chips, and we had a bunch of healthy stuff. It was all organic and all natural and non-GMO, and it was like vegetables in, in chip form. She said, no, Daddy, I want some greasy chips. I said, that's my girl right there. I'm digging in that pantry, and I found some Cheetos. 
And you know, when you eat Cheetos, you just get them all over. The, the joy of eating Cheetos is you get to lick your fingers for about five minutes after, right? She wanted the greasy chips. And so I, I got her a bag of Cheetos and I said, baby, look, you eat these Cheetos in the kitchen. Do not go into the living room around mama's furniture. In our house at the time, we had, we had tile in our kitchen. We had hardwood floors in our living room. And there was like this threshold, this, this, this direct line that separated kitchen from living room. And so she's eating her little bag of Cheetos. I can still see it. Got pigtails and got the orange all over her face. And she walks right up to that line. And she does this right here. Do you see how cunning and sly she's testing the boundaries, is she not? She said, hey, what you going to do? I'm in the living room. But you can't spank me because this back foot is still in the kitchen, right? Come on. I'm like, girlfriend got that from her mama. I know. I've seen that before. Sometimes we don't invite God in on the decision because we want it so bad we're afraid he's going to say no. Number one, pray before you pay. Number two, budget before you buy. Pray before you pay. Now let's get practical. Budget before you buy. Look at Luke 14, verse 28. Jesus says, for which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down, somebody say sit down, and count the cost, somebody say count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he's laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Now, notice the two things that we see a wise builder do in this passage. First, he sits down. If you're taking notes, letter A, write this down. Check your pace. Check your pace. Slow down. Avoid impulsive, irrational decisions. Sometimes we are motivated based on a mood or a feeling. Have you ever had buyer's remorse? You were excited in the moment. Man, it's easy to, man, oh, you walk through a car lot and you're saying, yes, yes. You didn't plan on buying a car, but when you got there, you just got the fever. Anybody? And then you're all the talking, and next thing you know, you're signing papers. And man, it felt good until that first payment rolls in. Sit down, slow down. In fact, I want you to write this down somewhere. Write down the word patience. Okay, everybody say patience. Now, we all know we need it, but nobody likes, nobody likes to do it. Patience is a weapon that will help keep you from being deceived. If you slow down, patience will help you in your relationships. Some of you are moving so fast in a relationship and you don't even realize you're being deceived. Patience is a weapon that the, God has given the believer to keep us from falling into a pit. Sit down, slow down, check your pace. Then the letter B, he also says, count the cost. What is that? That's about getting a plan. 
about having a, 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 a calculated budget. Does your budget match your bank account? Now, a budget is simply this. Uh, a budget is you telling your money where to go instead of always wondering where it went. Come on, somebody. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. It's simple. It's, again, there's only a third of all Americans that have a written budget. Two-thirds are just winging it. Man, if you live based on impulse and without a budget, then you are going to live in regret. How many of you, you think it's a good idea to spend less than you make? Only about five of you. <laughs> no wonder so many people are in debt. Do you think it's a good idea to spend less than you make? Turn to your neighbor and say, you're not in Congress. You don't get to print your own money and just spend it like it's nobody's business. Come on now. Give every dollar a name. Give every dollar a name. This dollar goes to this. This pool of money goes to that. This is biblical. Look at Proverbs 21, verse 5. The, the scripture tells us, good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. My, oh, my, oh, my. This is such a great verse. Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. You know, I've discovered it's hard to out-earn stupidity. So you're like, man, I'm just going to make more money. Listen, <laughs> stupidity runs way faster than your ability to earn. Can I have a better amen? <laughs> I had a guy send me a text, and I'm not going to tell you his name, but I'm going to read his text, okay? And you know who you are. <laughs> he sent me this text. He said, BRPD just called. They caught the guy that stole my wife's credit card, and they want me to come sign papers to charge him. I told them, absolutely not. Let him go and let him keep the card. He spends a lot less than my wife does. <laughs> well, well, well. Credit card will get you in trouble. Mm. Some of you need to have a little plastic surgery. Come on, somebody. You need to have a plastectomy. Can I have a better amen? <laughs> you say, money will never make you happy. And that's true. But debt is guaranteed to make you miserable. Let, 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 me, let, me, let me step a little bit deeper into this. Are you still with me? Come on, smile at me. Smile at me. Smile at me. Pastor loves you. I love you. I'm trying to help some people today. I know your heart is, is generous, but some of you are not in position to give like your heart desires. This is about positioning you. We are kingdom people. We know that we don't bring anything with us. When we die, it all stays here. But while we're here, we have the responsibility to steward well what God has given. Now, I've heard it said all my life, hey, think outside the box, think outside the box, think outside the dream outside the box. And it's important that you, you have goals and you, you think outside the box and you dream outside the box. But guess what? You got to live within the box. The box sets the boundaries for what you're able to do today. Now, here's the good news. If you steward well what's in the box, the box grows. Have you noticed that? 
If you do well with what God has given. Okay, let, let me say it this way. You know, if you can't be responsible with $10. Y'all don't want me to finish this. In your mind, you've already, you know where I'm going with this. Well, I would be more generous if I had more. Well, if you don't respond well with $10, why would God give you $10,000 to be irresponsible with? There's something about the principle of stewardship that God holds all of us responsible for. Stewardship is the ability to handle something with wisdom, discipline, and responsibility. In fact, I'll say this, and I know this is a big statement, but unmanaged finances are a symptom of an unmanaged life. If you're not handling your finances well, there's a trust factor that we, a credibility factor, a level of responsibility that God wants all of us to grow in. How well you manage material things is important because if you can't handle the natural, why would God give you the spiritual? Now, there is a connection between the natural and the spiritual. Listen to this scripture, Luke 16, 11. Jesus said, if you've not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you haven't been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? I believe there's a direct connection between maturity and money. But if you are mature and you are responsible, then you can be trusted with earthly resources. And if you handle your worldly possessions well, then there is a spiritual bank account that God says, okay, now let me give you this. You, you, you've proven well with this. Now let me give you a little bit more. Can I have a good amen? Let me give you some, some helpful hints when it comes to budgeting. Tips to help budget. A budget together. Get, get together with your family. Do your best to make it fun. You know, um, and I, I say this, there's an indictment here because Rachel and I, sometimes when it comes to like taxes and stuff, oh, how many need the Holy Ghost when you're preparing your taxes? Oh, gee, taxes always puts me in a bad mood. And for whatever reason, it's like at the end of the day, we're both exhausted and we're trying to, to sort through stuff and, and I'm no longer pleasant Pastor Mike. And she ain't sweet sister Rachel either, okay? Get together with your family and don't do it late at night, but do it when you got some good energy and you got some good thoughts. And, 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 and try to, in a healthy way, talk, look at your, your, your finances. See the scope of what God has given you. Add all your bills together. Look at your income. And then, okay, we've got to make some good choices. on. And listen, we've got to talk about this stuff. Talk about it. Talk to husbands and wives, you've got to talk about this stuff. The, the left hand needs to know what the right hand is doing. In fact, I'll say it this way. Transparency builds trust transparency builds trust. Again, if finances are one of the number one arguments of married couples, it helps when you identify we're on the same team. We're working together. 
the 90% principle. This is, the, this is what the church does. Here's what we do as a church. and We try to set a good example for you and your family. But when we budget for the upcoming year, we look at the previous year's income and we budget the following year based on 90% of the previous year's income. You see that? So, you know, if you spent X last year, or if X came in last year, you want to drop down and say, let's set the budget next year, not for X, but 10% less than that. You know what you're doing then? You're creating margin. And margin is a big, I'm going to tell you why this is important in just a minute. But if you budget on 90% of last year's income, you're, now it may be tough the first year. Maybe you got to budget on 98% or 95% or 92% and work your way down to 90%. It may take a series of steps to get there. But what happens is when you have margin, then you're able to handle when emergencies happen. We'll talk about that in just a second. Try some online tracking tools. Consult a professional. I know there are many, many of you in here that finances, this is your deal. This is what you think about. You're trained to do. You, you work in it every day. You're godly. You're righteous. You're a kingdom person, and you've got the tools. Some of you, you need to get connected with people who understand this realm and can take you by the hand. Again, Financial Peace University. I want to take a moment to reiterate the importance of that environment. It's a great environment. It's very simple, yet it's practical, and it can start right where you are and walk you to where you need to be. Uh, let me say this, uh, be slow to borrow, be slow to borrow, be slow to borrow. Watch out for high interest rates. Man, avoid credit card debt like the plague. I'll say this, attack debt. Don't just pay the minimum, but attack debt. I mean, have a, a proactive game plan to pay down debt as soon as possible. In fact, I'll say this, the older I get, Paid off sounds so much better than brand new. Now, if you're 21 years old, you don't understand what I just said. But if you're like my age, man, paid off is like music to my ears. Uh, last I say is give yourself some grace. Give yourself some grace. Your budget's not going to be perfect the first time you try this. But taking a start, getting out of the gates, that's a first step that's going to be super helpful. Number one, pray before you pay. Number two, budget before you buy. Number three, save before the storm. Save before the storm. Let me hustle. Scripture says this in Proverbs 6, verse 6. Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. <laughs> I read that this week. I thought, man, that's so funny. Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. Learn from their ways and become wise. Though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work, they labor hard all summer, gathering food for the winter. Your margin allows you to, to save for a rainy day. I'm telling you this, it's going to rain. It's going to rain. Life will knock the wind right out of you. You ever heard of Murphy's Law? What is Murphy's Law? If it can go wrong, oh yeah. And when you're broke, <laughs> everything goes wrong. Got to replace your tires. Man, one of the appliances, they break. 
Your health is failing. Something always happens. But when you have margin, can I tell you, Murphy is going to go visit somebody else. It ain't going, it's not going to knock on your door every time. You'll be in position and be prepared. Joseph, when he was in Egypt, the Bible says that a famine hit the land and God gave Pharaoh a dream and Joseph interpreted the dream. And look at what it says here in Genesis 41, verse 47. As predicted, for seven years, the land produced bumper crops. And during those years, Joseph gathered all the crops grown in Egypt and he stored the grain from the surrounding fields in the cities. He piled up huge amounts of grain like sand on the seashore. Finally, he stopped keeping records because there was was too much to even measure. Why did Joseph do this? Because he knew that a famine was coming. Let me say this. If you don't hear anything, please grab a hold of this. You're smart to save during times of abundance. Because when you save during times of abundance, you'll be solid during seasons of famine. Man, you got to be smart. When God is blessing, don't just spend it all. Be smart with it. And if you'll be smart during abundance, you'll be solid when famine hits. And there's always going to be an emergency. There's always going to be a challenge. Margin helps you manage the unexpected. Are you with me? Okay, let me wrap this up. I want to ask the band to come up. Let me give you this final thought. Number four, let's land in a place of hope. Okay, number four, seek when you're stressed. Seek when you're stressed. Pray before you pay, budget before you buy, save before the storm. But the good news is this. If you're stressed, seek God. Look at what it says in Matthew 6, verse 31. Don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. And if you seek the kingdom of God, Above all else, live righteously. He will give you everything you need. Now, notice what the scripture promises. Doesn't say that God supplies our greed, but he does say God supplies our need. If we seek the Lord, then he's going to supply what we need. Now, let me ask you this question. Have you... Look back at, on your journey. If you reflect months and years prior, and you've probably been through some hard stuff. All of us have. And I know we're living in a day now where inflation, recession, you know, interest rates, I mean, everything's more expensive. I mean, the world seems to be changing and financial pressure is squeezing just about everybody. All of us feel the impact of it. If you can look back in your past, and see the faithfulness of God there. Then you can look to your present and to your future and know that you will be met by the faithfulness of God again. If God did it then, he can do it again. And I want to take a moment to pray for people because I think there are, there's, there's pressure in the form of finances, and God reminds us, hey, I'm going to take care of everything you need. If you seek, I'll supply. If you trust, then I'll take care of. 
And it gives us an opportunity to... I'm telling you this. Listen to me. Gratitude and worry are fundamentally incompatible. You can't worry and be thankful at the same time. For some of us, maybe a baby step is simply this, saying, Lord, I thank you that you have supplied everything that I've needed. I've inventoried my life, and there's, not, there, there's never been a time when I've been without. I've had to sacrifice some things, but God, you have always been faithful to me. Lord, I thank you. And just as you took care of your people in the days of Egypt when a famine hit, God, you did it then, you'll do it again. And time and time again, I feel like the Lord has brought some of you here today to help take this burden of financial worry and stress off of you. And God is wanting to remind you that he's with you, that he's for you, that he loves you. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I own the cattle on a thousand hills. In fact, I created the hills that the cattle graze on. Now listen, back in ancient days, if you had one cow, you were rich. If you had the cattle on a hill, you were filthy rich. But if you had the cattle on a thousand hills, that's bougie at a whole nother level. I'm telling you, God is going to take care of you. God is your source. Now work hard. You better budget and plan and prepare. You better apply wisdom. We are stewards, but God is your source. Can I have a good amen? Come on, you believe that? Put your hands together. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.